podcast from Redeemer Christian Church in Amarillo, Texas. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information about Redeemer, please visit our website at RedeemerChristianChurch.com. James 127. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is God's word. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Redeemer Christian Church and the blessing it is to be here and the good things that are happening here. I was just so thrilled to hear the message by John Michael and Rebecca and and just the challenge of, of adoption. And so we pray for orphans all around the world today. And we pray that you'll bless John Michael and Rebecca and all the other families here that are doing so much to, to help raise children. And we pray that on this morning that you will enlarge our love for the ones who might be called hopeless or helpless. And we pray that the actions that we take will make a great difference. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as David said, today is Orphan Sunday, and it's not really a holiday that you celebrate, like let's celebrate Orphan Sunday. That's certainly not what we do, but we want to recognize that there are millions of orphans all around this world that need help and that we indeed can uh, do something to help them. I work for Christian Relief Fund, and if there's any one thing that we do, we help orphans. That's uh, kind of the main thing that we try to do. We do other things, but this is our 50th anniversary, and we're located here in Amarillo. This is our international headquarters, and and uh, this congregation has done so much to partner with us and to help us and to show that that you love orphans. We do a child sponsorship in about 30 different countries where you can, for about a dollar a day, $35 a month, you can totally support an, an orphan. We have these little sponsorships that are back there in the foyer. And uh, if you could adopt a kid like John Michael and Rebecca, that is the very best thing you can do. But if you can't do that, you could maybe sponsor an orphan, you know, and like this orphan is in Eldoret, Kenya. You could sponsor an orphan like, like, um, like Sammy, and that would be just wonderful, and many of you have done that. And so I'm just kind of preaching to the choir a little bit because so many of you already sponsor kids, but if you don't, today's a good day to sponsor a child and save an orphan. And we also drill water wells, and we drill those in, in several different countries. We try to go to famine areas where they don't have clean water, and we drill water wells, and then we plant churches. And we're a little behind on planting churches because we've discovered that you can't plant a church quite as, quick, quite as fast as you can drill a water well. But we're trying our very best to, to keep up. And there is a new church plant that I've just got to tell you about and I hope you'll get very excited about. And this new church, it's called Redeemer Christian Church. That's what it's called. And it's in Turkana. And uh, Turkana, this is us uh, building this church. 
And I told them that they have to get that church built and, and get it planted and get people meeting there before today. Because I said, I'm going to be preaching at Redeemer and they're going to want to know that church exists. And so you can already see, look how many people are here at this brand new church plant. And it's in the desert of Turkana. And Turkana's a place, when I first went there, it hadn't rained in, oh, six or seven years. And the people only had polluted water to drink. And it was just it was the worst place I'd ever seen. And uh, now you have, let me tell you what you've done. You, you drilled water wells there. You planted a church there. You built a building there. And you support a pastor there. And his name is Philip Sang Aquino. So when you're praying for people, and as we're thinking about people all over the world hearing the marvelous message of Jesus Christ, uh, pray for Philip. And uh, he's there in a place that you probably will never go. But uh, isn't it great to know that when we give money here, that it, we can see all kinds of things that are happening when we give money here. But all the way around the world in some of the most remote and desperate places that exist, you are helping bring water and living water. And so from... It, it, the little area there in Turkana, it's called Lokachar. And so you can say it's in Lokachar. If you want to just say it's in Turkana, if you just want to say it's in Kenya, that's fine too. But uh, they're meeting today in a Redeemer Christian Church in Turkana, and they wanted me to send love and greetings and a big thank you uh, to you. Isn't that great? I was speaking at the Pepperdine Bible Lectures a few years ago. And that year they were doing the lectures on the upper room discourse in the Gospel of John. And that's John chapters 13 through 17. And they asked me if I would uh, speak and do a lecture on John chapter 13. And so they told me that all of the messages were coming out of the New International Version. But they were using a brand new revision of the New International Version. And they said, you better read your text carefully because it may have changed a little bit. And in fact, yours has. And so anyhow, I was reading my text and I'm looking for something, you know, that, that might be a little bit different. And so let me read it. This is the text I was reading that day. And something as I was reading it jumped out at me. It was an aha. And I want to key off of that this morning. John chapter 13, verse 1. Just, just read this one up here with me because it's a... It's very unique. It says, it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God... And was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Here's what jumped out at me. There's those words there that say, the full extent of his love. The full extent. And, and that just jumped out at me when I, when I saw that. Because if you would have asked me before that, if you would have said, where in the Gospel of John do you see the full extent of Jesus' love? And I would have said, John 19, 
That's where you see the full extent of Jesus' love because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And, and wow, what can you do more than that? That's the full extent of his love. And then you'd have to say, no, that's not where it is. And I'd say, well, it's John chapter 20. Because there, Jesus showed the full extent of his love because he conquers death. Because none of us had hope after death. But Jesus, through the resurrection, he conquers death. And I'd say, I guess that's the full extent of his love because you can't do anything bigger than that. And you'd have to say, no, that's not where it is. And then I'd say, well, I guess you'd have to jump back to the first part of John, John 1. Because there in the incarnation, you've got the Word who becomes flesh. And so you've got God who leaves heaven, lowers himself, lower than the angels, and he becomes a human being. And you'd have to say, wow, that's a, that's a huge amount of love. So I guess that's the full extent of his love. But that's not where it's at. It's here in John 13. And here in John 13, more than any other place, Jesus shows the full extent of his love. Now, those other loves I mentioned, they were, um, they were amazing love, but they were heroic love. Because only Jesus could have done those things. Only Jesus could die for our sins. Nobody else can die for our sins to save us. Only Jesus could do that. Only Jesus was powerful enough to conquer death through the resurrection, never to more to die again. Okay? Only Jesus could do that. Only Jesus could leave heaven and become the God-man. No one else could do that. Only Jesus could do that. But in this case, anyone can wash feet. You got a bunch of guys in a room and they've got dirty feet. And anybody can wash dirty feet. But Jesus, he shows the full extent of his love in this. He does what anybody could do but no one is doing. You get that? Jesus sees what anybody could do. Anybody can wash feet. But no one in that room is washing feet. And so Jesus does. And he shows the full extent of his love. I used to preach in uh, Seattle, Washington. A church that's called the Northwest Church. And we had a great ministry. It may have been our greatest ministry to people who had cerebral palsy and so if you came into our church you you couldn't get down the aisles there were so many wheelchairs there was just every place and and it was just such a wonderful ministry and and uh uh, i have so many friends and loved ones that uh, that are there that were part of that ministry to cerebral palsy and we would uh, take we had a couple of buses that were just built to haul wheelchairs and so we were we'd go to these retreats and everybody would come I mean we didn't leave anybody out everybody would come and we especially had yearly a retreat is out on Whidbey Island in the middle of the Puget Sound one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen and we would uh, invite everybody to come and we especially invited people who didn't believe in Jesus we'd invite agnostics we'd invite atheists we'd invite skeptics and while we were out there on this island we would preach the gospel and so anyhow I invited one of my favorite preachers his name was Stanley Ship, and so he was preaching this this sermon and uh right kind of in front of him was Isla Mae Morgan who was uh she had cerebral palsy and she was uh, had to be in this wheelchair 
and she was just loving Stanley Ship preaching. And then, but right behind her was this guy that was an agnostic, and he was an extreme skeptic. And so, right in the middle of Stanley's sermon, the guy that's a skeptic stood up and interrupted Stanley. Please don't ever do that. David, you don't ever want that to happen. Okay, and this guy just stood up and interrupted, and, and he turned to Stanley and he says, Stanley, why is Isla May in that wheelchair? And Stanley just looked right at him and said, so you can push her? And you know, it, it, that, that doesn't answer everything, does it? But it's not a half bad answer. Because Isla May is always needing to go someplace. And, you know, people just walk right by her and they don't push her. And anybody could push her, but no one was pushing her. And he said, that's what she's in a wheelchair for, so you can push her. My first experience at Redeemer was this. I, I met David back in the foyer and he greeted me and, and he said, uh, he welcomed me to Redeemer. I was visiting, I hadn't really planned to to go to church here it's just that somebody else wanted to go to church here and so i i went with them and and david came back and gave me a hug and he says you know we really need you here at this church we knew each other because we were raising money to to uh for goats in in africa but he said we can really use you here we need you here and i was just looking for a place to be wanted you know i guess all of us are and i thought wow I'm wanted here at Redeemer, and they can use me. So later that week, I, I came to the church building, and it, it was an interesting experience. Uh, I, I came here, and uh, Bryce Langford was here, and he was visiting with us last week. And Bryce was, uh, what I, was, I guess, the associate pastor. And so I came in, and I asked Bryce, I said, Bryce, uh, is there something here I can do? Because David told me that y'all could really use me. Is there something that I can do here? And Bryce says, well, there sure is. And I said, well, what can I do? And he says, well, look at these white pews that we got out here. They are just filthy. They got black marks all over them. He said, you could wash those pews. And he gave me some towels. <laughs> and that was my introduction here. <laughs> And I kind of thought he was going to say, well, you know, you've been preaching at a big church here in Amarillo, and every once in a while David's going to be out of town, and maybe you can preach here or something like that. But he didn't do that. He said, we have dirty pews here. And so I started washing pews. And that's where I met Aaron Reyes. He was on his knees over here washing pews too. And, and you know, Aaron's probably thinking, I'm a great worship leader, you know, and they're going to ask me to, to lead worship here at, at Redeemer. But instead, they gave him a towel, too, and said, why don't you wash the black marks off of the pews? And you see, Bryce there was doing something I think was very important. Bryce was not asking me, hey, will you do something heroic here? Like, will you preach? You do something heroic here, do something that maybe not everybody else can do. He wasn't asking me to do that. Bryce was wanting to know, will you show the full extent of your love? If you come to Redeemer, will you show the full extent of your love? And what's that? Find what anybody can do, but no one's doing, and then do it. Sometimes I think of child sponsorship in that way. 
Because here in Amarillo, where we live, most of us have quite a bit of money, don't we? And nearly everybody I talk to, and there's some that can't, but nearly everybody I talk to could afford a dollar a day to save a child, to save an orphan. I mean, most people really could. It's, it's, it's nearly like what anybody could do, but I've got people back, I've got little kids back there in the border that nobody's helping yet. Alex Cherubin, uh, he's, he was a CRF-sponsored child, and he lived in Kenya, and we supported him. And he uh, got supported not only to finish high school, he finished college, and then he went to graduate school, got his master's degree. And after finishing that, Alex uh, decided that he was going to be a preacher there. And so he went to Mount Elgon, which was a a really horrible place uh, because there's a war going on there, a vicious war in Mount Elgon. And so he went there to, to preach to, in one of the toughest situations he could possibly have. And we asked him, could you also, during this pandemic, could you deliver food? And so he would deliver food uh, to hungry people that were on Mount Elgon. He'd get a donkey, and he'd pile food on the donkey, and off they would go around the mountain. He'd preach the gospel and deliver food. And so one day, uh, Alex told me that he ran into a little kid well he wasn't a kid he's high school age his name was Humphrey and Humphrey was so poor and Humphrey uh really needed food he just didn't have enough food and uh because his he was uh didn't have a father just had a mom and she could not support him to go to school she couldn't pay the school fees and so Humphrey was very smart Alex said in fact he'd taken a test to show that he was smart enough to go to high school, but he just didn't have the money to go to high school. And so uh, he, just, he just was in a mess. But his biggest problem was his mother. His mother's name was Alice. And all of Humphrey's problems kind of stemmed and were rooted in his mother's problems. And his mother had jiggers. Now, I didn't say chiggers. I said jiggers. And I don't know if you know what jiggers are, but jiggers are a little parasite. In fact, when they start out, you can't even see them. They're so small. And they just go right into your body, and they get into your blood vessels. And then in a few days, they grow a thousand times bigger than they were when they went into you. And then they start laying eggs. And they call it an infestation of jiggers. And they cause immense pain. And they itch like crazy. And then pretty soon you can't walk. And people say that over there, that if you have jiggers, you're cursed. And so everybody shuns you. Except maybe your immediate family might not. But usually everybody shuns you if you have jiggers. And that was the case with Alice. And so I started thinking about the whole situation of Humphrey, and I was just really sad about him. So I I, I got a promo, like you'll see back in the foyer, uh, made of Humphrey. It had Humphrey's picture on him, and I I went around, and I kind of told the story. I'd tell about the jiggers, and I'd tell about Humphrey, trying my best to to get somebody to to help Humphrey. And one day, I was uh, at Redeemer. And I sit, and I usually sit right in that area there, uh, 
kind of where Amelia is sitting. You got my spot today. And, uh, and so I, I usually sit right there. And David was preaching. And he was preaching a text. And I was trying to follow his text on my Bible app, you know. And I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to my Bible app. I'm inept. And so I'm trying to find, you know, the passage that David's, you know, coming out of. And I'm looking and trying there. And I can't remember where you were, David, but you weren't in Proverbs 3. And that's where my Bible app was. And I'm in Proverbs 3. And I started scrolling through Proverbs 3. And then I noticed something as I'm scrolling through that. And, and I started reading it, but I was multitasking. I was listening to every word you had to say. Okay, I was not just avoiding you in Proverbs 3. And, and this passage, it said this. It said, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Now, think about that. And so think about that in terms of Humphrey. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. I was sitting there thinking, how much would it cost to save Humphrey? I can't find anybody else that will. It would cost me $1 a day. And I thought, I can do that. I can do that. I'm trying to get everybody else to do something. And I thought, I can do this. I can do this. He says, don't say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. You see, I was looking for another plan. I need another plan when I could do something about it right then. I have a dollar a day. And, I, and I'm, it's just kind of like this. Why don't I wash Humphrey's feet when no one else will? I can do that. Why don't I wash his feet when no one else will? So, sponsored Humphrey. And I was feeling pretty good about it. You know, you always feel good about when you do things that you should do. And I was, I was feeling good about it. And then I thought, what about Alice? She's got jiggers. And I barely know what that means. And so I contact uh, Alex and I say, uh, Alex, um, Alice has jiggers and you told me about that. I said, is there any cure for jiggers? And he said, well, there is, but no one can do it. And I said, well, why not? He says, because it costs so much money. He says, the amount of money it would cost to help treat someone who had jiggers is just huge. No one could ever afford it. And I said, well, I'm so sorry, you know. I wish, I wish you could be treated. And so I keep this conversation going. And then Don told me to ask a question. I said, well, this astronomical amount of money how much would it be to help her and he said well it'd be two hundred dollars i mean her whole life could change everything for two hundred dollars and i'm thinking i might could come up with two hundred dollars and show the full extent of my love what does it mean to show the full extent of your love find out what anyone can do but no one's doing and do it it relates to orphan sunday it relates to sponsoring a kid you know nearly any one of us could sponsor a kid but i got all kinds of kids that nobody's sponsoring them so so show the full extent of your life but i want to make it more than just for orphan sunday because wouldn't it be a great wouldn't it just be great if here at redeemer we were all people that showed the full extent of our love
Now, some people come to me and say, well, I want to find something for you to do. I'm really gifted in this or gifted in that. And that's great. Use the gifts that God gave you. But sometimes that's kind of heroic. And, and other times we will exempt ourselves from service because we say, well, I'm gifted in this and this and this, so I won't do that. Don't be that way. Show the full extent of your love. And that anything that's here that needs to be done and anyone can do it, why don't you do it? And show the full extent of your love. Whether it's helping orphans or washing pews, show the full extent of your love. Lord, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for Jesus, who indeed showed us the full extent of his love. I'm so thankful for people here that have challenged me, people like Bryce, who challenged me to show the full extent of my love. And Lord, we pray for this church, that we will be a church that where the full extent of our love is just shown every place. Where we will never walk by something that anybody could do and no one's doing without stopping and doing it. And Lord, we pray for this Orphan Sunday. I pray that many people will be convicted to help an orphan. Maybe it's through adoption. Maybe it's through sponsorship. And that many children might be saved because we came to Redeemer Christian Church today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Redeemer Christian Church in Amarillo, Texas. For more information about Redeemer, please visit our website at RedeemerChristianChurch.com.